Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ. I'm glad that you have returned today to continue this study of 2 Corinthians. Uh, so if you will, be opening up to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 9. Uh, yesterday, we were able to look at verses 1 through 8, where he is uh, encouraging those in Corinth to give as generously as those in Macedonia had given. And as I mentioned yesterday, in verse 9, he uses the example of Jesus. He says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Now what Paul is talking about here, obviously, is not physical wealth, not monetary wealth in any way. What he's talking about is that great sacrifice that Christ made for us. Uh, Psalm 8, and I believe verse 5, mentions it. Um, Hebrews 2, 7 through 9, and also uh, Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11, discusses this sacrifice as well. There in, in Hebrews 2, verses 7 and 9, it, it says that he was made lower than the angels. In fact, I want to just read what Paul wrote in Philippians 2. He says there, starting in verse 1, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I, I have, always, have always loved that passage, but have grown to love it even more recently. Jesus, as he says, even though he was in the form of God, he still humbled himself and took on the form of a human being. That, I think, is what Paul is talking about here in 2 Corinthians 8. Though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor. Though he was in heaven and he, he, was, he was there, of course, with the Father and with the Spirit, he, he still gave up every bit of that to come to this earth. And as, as he describes in Philippians 2, not just to take on the form of a man, but to take on the form of a man so that he could die for us. That, that generosity and that love that Jesus had for us and for our souls and our salvation, so that we, through his poverty, as he says, might become rich, so that we might have those spiritual blessings that come from him, that salvation that we have and that forgiveness of our sins and that hope of of an eternal life he's saying look at look at what jesus did for you and in verse 10 
He says, and in this matter I give my, my judgment, this benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. Uh, a couple, well, at least one interesting thing. He says, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. I, I believe that this passage is the reason why so many, so many think that Paul wrote 2 Corinthians about a year after he wrote uh, 1 Corinthians. Because, as we noticed yesterday, in 1 Corinthians 16, he gave that command for them to make this collection. And so, him writing this and st stating that they had started to perform that a year ago, of course, leads many leads us to the conclusion, a reasonable conclusion, I think, that this book was written about a year after uh, 1 Corinthians. But either way, he's, he's saying, look at that example of Christ. Look at how generous he was. And he says, now even look at yourself, how a year ago, he says, you had a desire to do this work. You, they were on fire to do it. They wanted to do it. And so he says in verse 11, so now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. What he's, what he's saying there is don't just desire to do it, actually do it. Don't just have, uh, have a desire, don't just say that you'll do it, but actually do it. Very, at least to me, very reminiscent to, to James' words in James chapter 1, to not be hearers of the word only, but to be doers. To not talk a big talk, but to actually act on it. They, yes, they had this desire, and that was good. They needed to maintain that desire, but the desire itself was not enough. Even also, as, as James points out in, in James chapter 2, whenever he is, is talking about faith and works, and he says, if, if a brother or sister comes to you and they're naked and destitute of, of daily food, and you tell them, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not the things that were needed for the body, what does it profit? He's saying if somebody comes and asks for help and you say, well, I hope you have all of the food and, and all of the clothing that you need and, and maybe we have that desire for them, but we don't actually do anything for them, what, what's the benefit? And of course, there is no benefit. And very similarly, Paul is saying here, yes, you have that desire, but make sure that desire is matched. Make sure you complete that desire by, by actually making this contribution and taking this collection for them. Uh, in verse 12, he says, For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. He'll talk about this more uh, later in chapter 9, but in essence, giving as we are able. Going back to the example of those in Macedonia, they gave beyond even their own means. And he says, if the readiness is there, it's, it's acceptable to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that, but that as a matter of fairness. Your abundance at the present time should supply their need so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. And I think he's making a couple of different points here in these verses. First of all, uh, just because those in Corinth were wealthy and they perhaps were able to give larger sums of money did not mean that 
that all of the other congregations could be lax with their contribution. Uh, there in verse 13, For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness. He's saying we're not, we're not trying to make it easier on, on other congregations and making it harder on you intentionally, but it's a matter of fairness. You have plenty at this point in time, and, and so you are able to give far more. But if the time comes, as he says, their need, they, you supply their need so that their abundance may supply your need, and that there may be fairness. If the time comes when you are in need and they have plenty, they will be able to help you. Uh, just as, as Christ pointed out in Luke 6 and verse 38, if we give, it will be given back to us with good measure, pressed down, shaken, and, and overflowing. That idea of if we help other people when we are in need, they will be willing to help us as well. Verse 15, he says, As it is written, whoever... whoever uh, gathers much has nothing left over and whoever, whoever gathered little had no lack he's making even if you give generously that idea of what I what we pointed out yesterday we'll never give ourselves into poverty he's saying using that example of them in the wilderness in Exodus 16 they they all had everything that they needed even if someone had more than someone else they still had everything that they needed. And that's the same way it is with this contribution. They were sending it to help those that were in Jerusalem. And even though, you know, perhaps Jerusalem didn't have quite as much, Corinth had a lot they were able to help, they were all still going to have everything, everything that they needed. Uh, but that's there in verses 9 through 15 that him continuing to encourage them with a generous giving using that example of Christ and encouraging them that though they had that desire to follow through with that desire and help their brethren because they were in a position to help and I think that this is I think this whole passage there in verses 1 through 15 is is something that is so important and necessary for us to remember that though many of us probably have a great deal especially compared to others we don't need to become greedy with that but to be willing to help those who are in need and God God promises that we will never go without and I think that that is is very very comforting and something that we need to remind ourselves of very frequently uh, but I thank you for your attention here today and and again if you have any questions about anything that we have studied here or any questions about uh, the Bible or the Church of Christ, you can feel free to message us, call us, and we would love to answer any questions that, that you may have. But I hope that you'll come back tomorrow and we'll pick up uh, in verse uh, 16.